All right, Mike, welcome to our latest podcast. So, Paul, you've been busy already, even though it's a holiday. You were up early and KNX, is that correct? Yes, KNX 1070 on your AM radio dial. I was able to appear live on there this morning talking about, guess what, Mike? Hmm, I don't know. Oh, Memorial Weekend box office. That is funny. So, in this news cycle, are very interested in what's going on at the box office, and that's good news. Because no news is not good news in our business. What was the tenor of the uh, interview? Were they positive? Were they neutral? What would you say? Good question. I actually appeared on CNBC's last call on Friday on air, talking about not just Memorial Weekend, but summer movie box office. And I think they are very positive. I think by and large, the coverage has been, in a sense, influenced by the trauma that the industry went through over the past three years and that there's still some of that residual, oh, the business is bad. This has been a rough time. Streaming is taking over. But I think that's given way to, like you said so astutely at CinemaCon, gave way to confidence from optimism turned into confidence. And I think now the press outlets and just analysts were getting that. And every movie is going to do different types of business. Like you've said, Mike, there's going to be hits and flops. The movie gods come in and decide that. So yeah, so generally very positive. And then I'm doing a summer movie preview, which will air, I think, today or this week on Extra. So this is good stuff, Mike. It's good that everyone is interested in the movie theater and what's happening. Well, it's interesting you bring that up. So I started thinking about how does this Memorial Day weekend fall in line with like the last 15 years of Memorial Day weekend. And it was interesting because this is the second, what I would say, post-pandemic weekend. Last year we had Top Gun obviously opening and doing the projections on Saturday morning was a bit of a challenge in that there isn't a lot of historical data to go on. So, you know, initially based on basically last year, because that's really all you had to go on, as well as looking back to like 2017, 18, 19, you know, when Aladdin opened, you try to project where Little Mermaid would go. And everybody on Saturday morning, based on the Thursday and the Friday, were, oh, okay, they're going to go and do 105, and it looks like 125 to 130 for the four days. We wake up on Sunday morning, Saturday did not have the same pop, so to speak. And, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that. How many people were out of work on Friday that, you know, elevated that gross that created the Saturday doesn't get quite the same pop that, you know, it did before. Just not a lot of data to go on. So, yeah, I'm jumping around here a little bit, but the numbers came in slightly lower than where we had them Saturday morning at Little Mermaid 95 and a half for three and it looks like about 117 and a half is what they're projecting for the four days. Correct. So if we were talking about a movie that was opening, if we had come out and said it's 10 and a half million for three and it ended up being nine and a half million, nobody would say anything. You're off by a million bucks. Okay. But when you're talking and it's the same percentage when you think about it. So the 95 to 105 is the exact same, but it's a $10 million swing. So even though it's a small from a percentage standpoint in the modeling, it's a big number and it appears to be more. So I just kind of wanted to put that into context that yeah, this 
projection is not an exact science and it has a lot to do with pulling up the comps and looking at it. But all that being said, this was still, I believe, the seventh best opening for a Memorial Day movie ever. Mike, it was actually solid. And let's say you weren't in the business and you didn't know about the 130 projection for four days. You see that 117 and a half. That's actually a pretty damn good number. Look, the overall Friday through Monday and the final numbers will be in tomorrow on Tuesday and we'll have a better idea of what those finals are. But the weekend's coming in at over 200 million, probably around 202 to 205 million. For all films for Friday through Monday to be in the 200 million realm, which we certainly did last summer when Top Gun Maverick powered a overall industry weekend of 224.4 million. This is down from that. But to be in the 200 million range after a 2021 that get this for the Friday through Monday period was 98 million. The summer of 2020 Memorial Weekend generated $842,767. Well, and you teed it up. You know, I went back and I looked at Memorial Day weekends over the last 15 years to see where does this 200 million plus that we're going to do fall in? And it's right in line with everything else. So if you look at, we have a high of, I believe it was what, 2013 looks like about 314 million. But then you got a low of, I believe it is like 2018, we did 180 million. And that's a non-pandemic year. So we're right in the middle of where these grosses seem to come out of. So as we've always been talking about, it's the number of movies and what's in the marketplace and what is actually doing business. That's right. And it just feels to me that like we are looking at, as we keep saying, a more normal type of cycle. I mean, if you look at, you know, the top for films for the weekend, you know, you're looking at Little Mermaid that comes in at 117. You got Fast X that's going to come in at what, what, 28.6. You have Guardians of the Galaxy at 26. Super Mario, which continues to amaze at 8.36. And you're looking at $561 million of total box office, $47 million behind being the top animated movie of all time. And for the last, what is it, two and a half weeks, that movie's actually been available in-home as well at uh, a $24.99 price to rent, $29.99 to own. So the marketplace is finding its footing. I think that it's very interesting, too. You know, we look at Little Mermaid, Fast X or Fast 10, Guardians, Volume 3, Super Mario. Those are your top four. And then you have four brand new openers running at number five, The Machine, number six, About My Father, number seven, Kandahar, number eight, you hurt my feelings. All those movies, very different. A lot of the sentiment out there was that Little Mermaid dominated, which it clearly did, and that the other movies did not do well. But Mike, just to have studios so confident in movie theaters that they are opening movies like The Machine, About My Father, Kandahar, and You Hurt My Feelings, and they all wind up in the top eight, I don't think that's a negative story. And if those films are at least out there, they're in theater, they're going to have more value when they hit the small screen. So I think it's great that studios like Open Road and Briarcliff, Lionsgate, A24, Sony, they knew that this Memorial Weekend would be dominated by The Little Mermaid, yet they put their movies out there, and I applaud them for doing that. Yeah, it's a long way from where we were, as we were talking about last year. You know, we had one big movie that would open up in the marketplace. Right. There wasn't a lot of content, as you and I discussed, 
over the course of time of, you know, we were off 40 uh, wide releases from the previous year. We're picking up steam, obviously, you know, with four more wide releases this week. We got two more coming up next week with Boogeyman and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which I think we all feel is that's poised to overperform as well and to keep just adding to the box office tally. And Mike, I ran some numbers, and I know you love numbers as much as I do. And looking at the summer season to date versus last year, and I will tell you, Mike, I'm mean, going out on a limb saying that with 20 more wide release movies this summer than last, and 3.4 billion earned last summer, I've gone out on a limb to say I think we could get to the 4 billion threshold, which we had for many years. That was the number. $4 billion domestically for summer box office. Now, right now, through this weekend, I ran the numbers. We're running 3% behind last summer. But we have a long way to go. Well, kind of a long time to get there, to quote Smoking the Bandit. But I'm not concerned that we're down 3% right now. We're just getting started. And I think, Mike, at some point, you and I on this program should do an overview of August and compare August this year to August of last year. Because I'll tell you, there's a lot of big movies set for August of this year, whereas last year it was all about bullet train. But I I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I'm thinking, Mike, I want to ask you what your opinion is on the $4 billion benchmark. Can we get that this year? Yes, I think it's absolutely doable. So when you talk about, okay, we're running a few percentage points behind last year at this point, remember Memorial Day weekend last year had Top Gun Maverick opening to $160 million. Right. And the entire weekend, as you said, did whatever it was, $223 million for the four days. But 160 of that came from, you know, one movie. We're now looking at where the wealth is being spread out a little bit more. And when you have Spider-Verse, you have Boogeyman opening as we've kind of looked at, you know, what else is coming up. And then you have Transformers coming on June 9th. And then you have Flash Elemental and the blackening on June 16th. Then you have No Hard Feelings, Asteroid City, which it's already getting such great reviews on June 23rd. Then we have Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And Joyride. And then you have Joyride and Insidious on July 7th. And as well as the Angel Studios film, Sound of Freedom. And Angel Studios has been making a lot of noise. Uh, they had his only son that came out and overperformed. So a lot of people are keeping an eye on that one to see, can they repeat the lightning in a bottle, so to speak? And then July 14th, you have a little movie called Mission Impossible. Oh, and Mike, they moved it up to the 12th. They wanted couple extra days on that one, which is pretty cool. That's true. We're going on Wednesday with that. But my point being is, and then you go into Barbie and Oppenheimer, and then you've got the Haunted Mansion from Disney on the 28th. And then to your point, we start looking at August. Last year, if you remember, the entire calendar came to a screeching halt after Bullet Train. <laughs> it sure did. But this year, you've got the Meg and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that are going on the 4th. Then you have Gran Turismo on the 11th. And then you have Whitebird. You have Strays, The Hill, Blue Beetle on the 18th. And then on the 25th, you know, you've got the expansion of Whitebird from our friends at Lionsgate. You have Retribution, the next Liam Neeson movie from Roadside. You know, you get into September and we have The Equalizer. And then the following week, we have my big fat Greek wedding. In Mike, the... you're getting me too excited. Well, all I'm saying <laughs> is the difference between this year and last year is as you start going week after week is the content is there. So to your point, can we do a $4 billion summer? Absolutely. Are all of these movies going to hit to the level that we all want them to? Probably not. But that's the movie business. But also, I would say there's probably something in there 
that we haven't given as much credit to or as much optimism to that's going to overperform. Mike, what do we call those? What do we call those? A sleeper. <laughs> well, and every year we have the sleepers. You know, last year it was everything everywhere all at once that just came out of nowhere and performed at, at a huge level for A24. So the point being that we're in pretty good shape right now. And you look at the weekend numbers and the weekend numbers are totally on par with historical Memorial Day weekends. Mike, if we were under 200 million for the four days, I'd be like, oh, that's pretty bad or whatever. But we'd still say that's kind of normal because not every year is going to hit it big. But I think being over 200 million, that's where we need to be. I think that with this lineup of films coming up, we're looking good. And I'm very relieved that you think that we can get to 4 billion too, because now you're going to be lumped in with me on that prediction because I literally went on CNBC and said we would do that. Now, anything can happen. But when I look at, again, 20 more wide release summer films this year than last 600 million dollars to get us from the 3.4 billion last summer to 4 billion this year the only thing is and you brought this up mike a couple of weeks ago is if the wga strike and then if other guilds or organizations or however you want to say it if they go on strike two that can impact the ability to market a movie i think that's what you alluded to a couple of weeks ago what goes on is there's a lot of when you're rolling out a film, as you know, there's a press tour that goes along with all the talent that's involved, meaning, you know, they're doing Kimmel, they're doing Colbert, they're doing Fallon, Saturday Night Live. If the writer strike continues to go on in these shows, which are on hiatus now, continue to be on hiatus, that could impact the ability to market the films the way that they you know, should be marketed. Is it going to impact the release calendar? No, because most of the films that we're discussing are finished. They're in the can, so to speak. They're ready to go. Could it impact something, you know, eight months from now? Or could it impact something first quarter, second quarter of next year? Yeah, I mean, the longer this thing drags on, you know, there's going to be implications. Marvel has pushed two movies that they're working on, the start dates on those, so will that impact the release dates? You know, it depends on how quickly they can get back up and running and how much time they can make up. But something to keep an eye on, not something necessarily at this point to... But it's when you brought it up, it really was interesting because if you think about it, if the... I'm not an expert on the WGA and the strike and all the, you know, we just hope it gets resolved quickly, which I don't know if that's going to happen. But if actors go out also and other guilds in solidarity with the writers, I mean, that makes it tougher to market the movie. That's just sort of my only wild card that kind of like to throw out there. Would that take us from a $4 billion summer to a $3 billion? No, not at all. Here's the thing. It's going to have very little impact on the summer. It could have a larger impact on 2023 in whole. I keep saying, you and I have talked about this, my number for the year kind of putting the, you know, the target is $10 billion. You know, I think $10 billion year, it's a great benchmark. You're talking about really being down about 10% off of where we were pre-pandemic, which is better than where I thought we would be. Last year when I was talking to some analysts and they were asking me where, where I thought it would be, I was saying, I think it's, we returned to about 85%. There's 15%. I'm not sure, you know, we get back. So if we get to the point where we're at 10 billion and we're looking at a 10% kind of, you know, wiggle room there, I'd say that's a win. We're ahead of schedule on where we are. And I love that number, Mike, because if the year does 10 billion domestically and the summer does 4 billion, 
That's 40%, which is traditional on average for the summer to represent of a full box office year. So if we had a $4 billion summer and a $9 billion year, that would be a kind of an outlier in terms of the percentage of box office that summer would represent. I like your 10 billion number. You heard it here first, people. And again, you know, this goes back to just kind of looking at the release schedule. And again, we got a long way to go. But, you know, this year is much more stacked than last year did. In 2022, you know, it was seven and a half billion. We all did really well. But there were a couple of movies that really pulled everything along. Obviously, Top Gun pulled the summer along. Well, there were a lot of big movies, but obviously at 718 million, that's going to be a big pull. And then, of course, Avatar coming in, really making up for a lack of product in the Christmas season. This year, completely different. This year, as we just went through, you know, summer is fully loaded. There aren't any of those really what I would call, you know, kind of gap weeks where there's nothing going on. The fall is just packed again. You know, there's two weekends right now in December. You know, you have the first weekend in December and the second weekend in December, which right now don't really have any movies on it. But that's it. Once you get into the holidays, it's more of a traditional Christmas where we look like we've got four or five films that actually have some meat on the bones. I remember at CinemaCon, there were a lot of movies that were presented that said opening Christmas, not necessarily exactly on Christmas Day, but around Christmas time, which was, I think, a huge boost for the industry. When you come in at the end of the year with momentum, instead of going out with a whimper, going out with a bang, so to speak, I think that's really important. That's that's really good for the industry. November and December look fantastic. They look great. And finishing with a bang, again, to me, makes me very optimistic that a $10 billion year is doable. Is it a slam dunk? Absolutely not. But is it something that we can get to? Absolutely. And, you know, it'll be interesting at the end of the year to take a look at, you know, as the marketplace is kind of changing around, you see even something like Little Mermaid this week, which had, you know, over 20% of the tickets that were sold were for the premium large screen formats. You know, that is kind of showing that with the exhibitors upping their game and creating a unique environment to view these films. This is, again, something that's separating it from watching at home. And Mike, I think, too, maybe this is our special Memorial Day episode of Ticket to Ride with Paul DeGarabedi, and I'm Senior Media Analyst for Comscore. Mike Polydor is President of Paper Airplane Media. I think this is a great way to start off Memorial Week. I'm heading up to show Canada. I'm going to be moderating a, a panel up there on Thursday, and I'm really excited about that. And I think, Mike, we should do a month-by-month breakdown on one of these future, one of our future episodes. That would be a great thing. So what I want to know is who's on the panel on uh, Show Canada? So it's Jim Orr and Ellis Jacob. Jim Orr, president of distribution for Universal, and Ellis Jacob, the head of Cineplex. You got two great guys there. I mean, Jim and Ellis are two of the good ones, two of the more knowledgeable guys you're going to find in this business. That should be a great panel, Paul. I'm really excited for it. I'm I'm just going to sit back and let them run. And yeah, Ellis Jacob, president and CEO of Cineplex, I, I should have said. I'm really excited. I yesterday put all my talking points together because I'm a procrastinator. I should have this done two weeks ago, Mike, but I'm ready to go. I'm going to do a special presentation there, which is updating the the year to date with our Comscore data. And then I'm going to ha- do a like a roundtable discussion with Ellis and Jim. So that should be pretty fun. That, that's going to be great. And I think what show Canada is up in Vancouver this year. It is in Vancouver and I'm going to Grouse Mountain on the final day. 
and see some grizzlies. <laughs> I like it. Take your uh, bear repellent. I will. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, TTR, Ticket to Ride, on a special Memorial Day edition. And uh, Mike, I'll see you at the movies and I'll, I'll see you when I get back from Show Canada. Looking forward to it. Uh, travel safe. All right, Mike. Thank you. Have a good one. 